Mm, greetings, you bunch of hairy-backed daffodils. It's us. We're back. But it's a recap. Top 5 of 2022 episode. Grant and I have separate top 5 lists this year with remarkably little in common. Um, I didn't see that coming. Um, so, yeah, we go over our top 5 of the year, and then we also do, you know, some honorable mentions. And also, spoiler alert for the very end, my favorite show of the entire year didn't even air this year. So we had to give some time to that show, which you will find at the end. We also talk about some of our favorite moments and some of our favorite OPs and all-around soundtracks uh, from the animes of this year. So if you've been with us for a while, thank you so much for listening. It's been a hell of a year. We're very, very excited for what's to come in 2023. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Instagram at Part-Time Otaku Podcast, etc. Yada, yada, yada. You know where this goes. Enjoy. Oh, hey there, Grant. Hey, Dave. How you doing there, friend of mine? Ah, oh, slightly... Slightly refreshed after this uh, crazy holiday break. Yeah, I don't know if you're supposed to be more tired at the end of the holiday than mm. you were going into it, but I'm burnt. I'm sore. <laughs> like, yeah. physically sore from the holidays, but uh, yeah. Um, we are recording this just after uh, New Year's. It's January 2nd, I think. Happy New Year's, by the way. Yeah. Happy New Year, Dave. Wow, Did I can't you... believe we didn't hit that up top. Yeah, I know. Did you have a swell New Year's Eve? I made it till midnight and passed out immediately. 12.01? 12.01. There you go. Um, I think I'm still recovering from mine, but mm. we're going to talk about the top five anime of 2022 today. This is a big, yeah. this is a big episode. This is a huge episode, yeah. I'm so what glad is, we did of this. Of a huge year. Of a Yo, huge year, you know. I know. Yeah. I'm so glad we did this last year, too, mm-hmm. and there's like precedent that we can just keep doing this over and over. Yeah. Um, all right, let's establish some very basic ground rules. Mm. Um, I think the the most important one is that all both of our top fives. I don't really know yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen mine, like in the notes somewhere. I think you may have saw an early draft or something. I don't know. Early draft. I think you saw an early draft of mine as well. Yeah. Okay. So the here's what we'll say to, up front is all these shows have to be from 2022. They have to have run at some point in 2022. We're probably going to have like some honorable mentions and maybe some shows that didn't run in 2022 that we just feel like need to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, let's start at the bottom. We, you know, if a show happens to be on both of ours, then we'll just take the opportunity to both gush about it. Um, but I think that's pretty straightforward, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so. All right. Why don't you start us off? What's your number five? <clears throat> Dave, my number five is one of the more recent shows. It is Bocce the Rock. Bocce the um, Rock. You know, you know, you know. In my note, when I was sitting down and writing all this, and looking at the shows of the year, you know, like we briefly said, like this was a huge year for anime, and mm-hmm. even and more specifically, an even bigger season. Um, it is truly outstanding that Bocce the Rock was able to, you know, in this season of heavyweights, it was able to stand on its own and get the attention that it deserved. You know, this isn't quite uh, an odd taxi situation where some people were seeing it, but for the most part, it was kind of like, you know, flying under the radar. Right. Bocce stood its ground, you know. And oh, big time. Big, and you know, it was it was kind of one of those ones that you're like one episode in, one or two episodes in, you're like, holy shit, like people are talking about this. Like considering everything else is going on, it that that alone, you gotta. It's enough to draw people in, you know. Which is like, yeah, you know, I think people, you know, that watch anime, they tend to be kind of 
clued into what's going on for the most part. Yeah. And um, Dave, the show, and I know, I don't know. Did you check it out, or you had, you had an intention to check it out? I never even checked out the pilot. <laughs> don't worry, you have you have lots of time. Well, the new seasons, <laughs> winter, winter is coming. So I'm a bad friend uh, and a worst co-host. Never seen it. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I'll break it down for you. So, Dave, I, I love watching The Rock because it's probably one of the more silly shows of the year. Um, it's you know, kind of the main core of it, it's about a group of young girls, they start a band, you know, and the main character, Bocce, she, you know, she, pretty much, it's crippling social anxiety that she deals with. Okay. And, you know, she kind of hides away, she has a successful YouTube channel, no one knows who she is, but, you know, she plays covers on her guitar. Is very, it actually very... called YouTube in the anime? Nah, no, they have lots, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like in shows, they call it, like, Google, you know, like, G-U-G-L-E, yeah. stuff like That's that. That's funny, though. Um, but, you know, so, like, she, Anyway, so, like, by happenstance, you know, she kind of finds her way into this band, and they kind of just, like, don't give her an inch in, like, the healthiest way possible of, like, you know, they're very, like, they're aware of, like, who, they, within two seconds of, like, being with this girl, they're like, oh, like, you got some, some demons there, but, you know, but we're gonna slowly, like, <laughs> you know, incorporate you into our group, and they're desperate for a guitar player, and, you know, and it's it's just a fun, lots of slice, slice of moment, but the thing that I love the most about this show is, by far across the whole year... It has the most creative usage of animation and varying styles of animation. Um, it, it, it's out there. Like, they go back to, like, 90s Virtua Fighter, you know, retro animation style to stress a point. You know, like, they'll go to live action and usage of, like, hand puppets and claymation. You know, just, like, to show just how, just how fucking weird, like, a teenager's imagination yeah. can be. You know, and kind of, That's like, the cool, stress. And, yeah, and, like, the stress of anxiety and so social situations. You know, so it was just the creativity that would ooze from the show. And it was like week to week. It would just continue. There's, you know, kind of kind of a spoiler and a giveaway. There's a moment like halfway through the season uh, or maybe the towards the maybe th th uh, fourth or fifth episode where Bocce just like is so embarrassed. Like she kind of like dies and it cuts to the show ending. It's like the rolling credits <laughs> of a show, like, you know, less than halfway through the episode. And like, they fully dedicate to the bit. Like it's like full credits, you know, that's a good gig. <laughs> and you know, and it's like, you know, it's, it's not one of those things. It's not one of those. I'm sure it's been done before or something like that, but like the way the joke lands and kind of like, the way they zoom their way out of it, it's it's a lot of fun fun stuff like that. Yeah, it's commitment to the gag, right? Exactly. And that kind of humor feels very topical and very modern these days. Yes. Oh, it, it's it's very much like, you know, like a show of the younger generation to us. And like, but, you know, there's enough there for us to, you know, kind of understand. Like, it has, it, sh it shows, it shows its roots and also like kind of like what's more popular now, what you tend to see in, in younger people. Um, and then, you know, Brass Tacks, the show about girls in a rock band, and the music fucking rocks. Like, it's so good. Uh, very, like, you know, uh, J-rock, kind of uh, slightly progressive rock bands kind of thing. You know, they're, they're doing their shredding and noodling, but it's, you know, very poppy and, you know, you know soaring vocals and stuff like that. And there's, like, a, there's a whole album associated to the show. Like, I, I think the band, the, like, the four girls, I don't know if their voice actors are the actual band members, but like the band, like they're the band is called um, Kasoku Band. There's an actual band. Like there's like an album that came out with the show. It's like 14 songs long, includes the OP, the EDs, and like various songs they write within the show. Like the presentation package of the show is like top notch um, for for a show that like had no kind of 
I never knew this was coming. Mm. It was just, you know, it was just here when the fall season started. Yeah, it just like, oh. sort of came with yeah. everything that was advertised for Psycho season or for the fall season at that time. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's just one of those shows completely, like, at, you know, at the 11th hour kind of showed up and completely gripped me. It's, it's a very, very good, and I highly recommend people check it out. Is it still running right now? Nope, finished uh, last week, last Saturday. Strong ending? Uh, I think so, and room for room for a future, but, like, it doesn't have to be anytime soon kind cool. of thing. Um, which, you know, I think there's a, a couple shows like that this year, which uh, is kind of nice to see. There's no immediate, we don't need an immediate follow-up, yeah. like, no cliffhangers, nothing like that. Yeah, but you're happy. Clearly, Absolutely. I mean, top yes. five of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the ones that, like, if if this had not come out, um, you know, this year, like, like obviously, if it had not, not come out, it wouldn't be on the list, but there was a very strong number five that I think they are equally on par with, you know, in Slice of Life comedy department, so, which we'll talk about that later. Yeah, interesting. Okay. I wish, I'm sorry, we didn't get off to a stronger start because I never saw it. I feel bad. <laughs> No, it's, it's, but you know, it's one of those ones where like, there's no, you know, like, you know, spoiler, like Chainsaw Man, like it's a part of the zeitgeist, you know, like this, yeah. or, you know, like Attack on Titans or shows like the Jujutsu Kaisen's like there's, there's so much discussion relevant about where the story's going. And I think it's just the difference between a slice of life and like a, like a shonen action series where the immediacy is a little more relevant to, you know, the, the latter, whereas like the slice of life stuff, it's always going to be there. There's no kind of rush to get it. If you're there for the initial ride, perfect. If not, it's it's all it's always gonna be around. But I yeah. do I think I told you before, like it's it's a little different, it's quirky, but I think you would appreciate everything they are doing within within the show. Yeah, it certainly sounds ambitious. And like to your point about things like Chainsaw Man that are just like they kind of take over the world, mm-hmm. this was running alongside it, and I saw plenty of Bocce the Rock coverage like <laughs> over the last couple of months, despite it being on the exact same airing schedule as Chainsaw Man. Mm-hmm. At least week to week. So that's, yeah, that's pretty crazy. And clearly a lot of people like it, so you're not alone. Yeah, one of the great Saturday shows, for sure. God, I feel like this year has been the year of Saturday shows. Mm. Like we'll our talk... youth, Saturday cartoons. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about a couple that I have on my honorable mentions list later. Um, okay, I'll... Here, uh, here are your top five. Yeah, okay, my number, number five. five uh, my number five is Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Ooh. This one squeaked in at kind of the 11th hour. It's... I'm actually looking at my watch. Like, I think the last episode you and I did, the last time we sat down to chat, was right before the holidays. We took one week off for the break. Mm-hmm. And I think I had just finished Cyberpunk um, yes. on Netflix. So this was Studio Trigger, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, for my full thoughts, like, I I did talk about it somewhat recently on, you know, Psycho Season Episode 10 or something like that. But I think that... I just want more things like this to get made. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that, I don't mean video game adaptations. <laughs> like, sure. I think that's, no matter what, that's going to be a risk, right? Like, when you take existing IP that um, there is already a successful fan base established for, and you decide, okay, well, now we're going to port it to a different medium. Like, you see what's happening with The Witcher right now. You see what's happening, mm-hmm. like, with pretty much every adaptation that's made. You're going to piss off some existing fans, gain some new ones, and then leave a whole lot of people in the middle. For some shows, like Arcane and maybe this, mm. like it really seems to be a slam dunk, but I just think there's so many obstacles to nailing it. It's crazy and amazing that you can't talk about one show without the... Like, those two specific. Yeah. Arcane and, and, and Edge Runners, they're so, like, hand-in-hand. Hand. Like, it's it's uncanny. And, it, again, Netflix is the engine for this, right? So it's... And before those yeah. two, it was Castlevania, also on Netflix. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I still maintain Castlevania is uh, 
successful and good as a show, having never played the games. From what I watched this year, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was, it was um, so I guess all of that said, what I mean by like, I want more things like this to be made. I mean, like I want more genre, hyper genre specific tone specific shows that are limited in their scope and not necessarily chasing a franchise. Mm. Right. Um, like I think, you know, there's a lot to be said. You could probably take that statement and like apply the same thing to the state of the movie industry right now. Um, coming out of 2022, you know, that was just a weird year, right? Like, if you look at the Oscar uh, shortlist everyone's putting together for the 2022 season of movies, it's like no one knows any of these movies because every single one of them has reliably bombed. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, everything is kind of a franchise movie. Um, and I'm not saying that's the state of anime, but what I will say is that it feels, to me, as a guy that's only been watching for a few years, pretty uncommon to have a finite 10-episode series that is just sets his tone and is unapologetic for it and <sighs> could it. probably if they wanted to milk it you know what i mean It'd be like no no no, let's do yeah. a let's do six seasons and a fucking movie if that works and like they just didn't they didn't leave any doors open you know what i mean they were like here's the story here's the beginning the middle and the end here's a cast of characters you're gonna get to like like i don't know i think cyberpunk edge runners is like it's everything a good show needs not just an anime you know what i mean mm -hmm. the nice you know the thing the thing that like potentially would bum me out about you know regarding what you're talking about the i think ed runners there's a good chance this might be lightning in a bottle right like it's something that works yeah. so well the first time that kind of came out of nowhere you're going to potentially see a lot of like trying to repeat that whether not necessarily in the same series but Similar, you know, the focus with some of these companies might be, oh, shit, my video game series could use a hyper-focused, you know, 10-episode oh, yeah. anime adaption, <laughs> or maybe two, or maybe even three. You know, like, it's, I feel like, you know, it might get lost in the sauce after the point, I think. But, you know, the first one out the door is the one that, and the first one that works out the door is always going to succeed the most, because it didn't have all that expectation. You know, and, and Cyberpunk, you know, still to this day holds a lot of, you know, negative, you know, connotation to, to the genre, or to that series right now. Because of the video game launch? Because of the video game, the launch, and obviously a lot of that's fixed, and that's here or there, but, you know, people people tend to forget the bad over the good, right? You know, <laughs> so, but, uh, no, uh, Edge Runners was exhilarating, to say the least, you know, the, it was amazing to see the director of the show come out and just be like, I had, like the fucking budget and you know i didn't have restrictions and like that's what you want to see you want to see creators kind of given that creative license to do what they really intend to do like studio trigger is not a new studio by any means they have lots of like huge ips and their resume is one of the biggest you know some of the most high caliber stuff but even to see a studio like that being kind of held back by you know the tv broadcasting and just to let loose on Netflix is like kind of amazing. I think that's going to be the best byproduct of Edge Runners, is you know all these other studios that can kind of flirting with Netflix over the years, which has kind of been their mo a little mm -hmm. bit. You know, they're yeah. they drew they drew in Wit. Uh, is there? I think the other big studio, um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think Edge Runners has done only good for the industry going forward. You know, it, it's a finite thing which we love, but I think it's going to give uh, open a couple more doors for some other types of storytelling in, in the medium so no you make a really good point i don't often watch anime and go like oh this could be maybe elevated if it was not 
partnered with a broadcast deal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think that's been the norm over there for an incredibly long time, and anime sure. just kind of exists in that form, and that's fine. But something like this is so out of left field, and when you realize that they kind of have been holding their punches a little bit, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's good you mentioned that, because I kind of, it's easy to gloss over that and just get lost in the show. But yeah, Netflix was the right partner. It's crazy how unhinged that show gets. And like, you know, you you think about, well, yeah, the ending and you think about other shows that do have, you know, you compare it to, you know, other shows this year where, you know, they are quite violent and bloody. And if you would put them like side by side, they're like, oh, like shit, one is actually like a little more over the top than the other, like the the minute details. And I think, you know, when it comes down to TV broadcasting at the end of the day, it's a lot of like, you know, sexualized content and whatnot. Which is crazy because it's pretty liberal over in Japan with oh, yeah. a lot of this stuff. So it's cra- it's crazy to see someone from the studio say like how like you know uh, releasing it was to work with Netflix in, in that regard. So yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Edge Runners was was very very good. What do you got at uh, number four? Number four, I got Licorice Recoil. Ooh, that broke your top five, huh? That broke my top five. So that's, uh, I'll just mention here, it's in my honorable mentions. It didn't oh, make okay. it. Oh, okay. Okay. I take it obviously Edge Runners didn't make yours. It did not, no. Okay, okay, go ahead. It, it was in, yeah, it was in my, you know, good in the year, but I don't think it was even in my top ten, actually. But, there you uh, go. Uh, so, Licorice Recoil, Dave, this was the perfect popcorn show of the year. Um, yeah. You know, in, in right in my notes is, it just came at the perfect time. And I think that's a personal thing. I don't, you know, as as the genre as a whole, I don't think it came at its perfect time for everyone. But I think you and I were in this weird little slump of oh like we're not kind of loving spy family at this point and i think spy family did they just finish their like first core when licorice recoil started or was yes it was i think there might have been like two or three episodes of like brief overlap a brief overlap and you know it was just like the show like the show is you know there's there's a podcast i listen to you know the easy allies and you know one of their members michael huber he has this this recurring statement of swimming in sevens there's nothing wrong with a seven you know, it has, you know, it, it's above a five, you know, like it's it, not everything has to be perfect. And Licorice Recoil this year is the perfect personification of that. It is, you know, it had the action, you know, it had a fantastic cast. The, you know, the, some, you know, it just, it felt like a blue collar, like almost like a trade show where everything was just good. There was no bad, you know, there was a couple like little story wise stuff that didn't like super work for you and I, I think. Mm-hmm. But like at the end of the day, they were they were trying to tell a cool future near future sci fi story about you know an underground like minority report society like it's it's it was fun, you know it it was fun and there was action and there was comedy and you know she thought it was best girl of the year by far like the 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 positivity and happiness that like came off that character yeah. was kind of refreshing you this know it was a wholly original anime too right and what and that gets bonus points because we love yeah. seeing that shit you know like it's it's to have you know because a lot of shows when they're in adaption they have the benefit of the manga to bring in the viewers and this and that like an original anime has a lot to carry you know so it's you know for it to stick and stand out as well as it did um but yeah i don't know it's you know it's just one of those shows like there it didn't break a whole lot of ground but they did a lot of fun stuff good story beats that stand out from similar style shows um excellent usage of fashion and color you know, like the, you know, there's like the yeah. vivid and like the title, the in between cards of the show, uh, like the halfway point of each episode, 
um, is probably like my standouts for the year. Like just the like the visualization of like you know them in the different uh, the different outfits and the kind of like it was almost like um, like a photo shoot with the various characters. You, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I know exactly. Like the cards, the cards. You know, yeah. like that was just it would blow my mind each week of like what they're going to do. And like, the, you know, it was, it was very, very creative. And, you know, again, that's, that's a common thing you see in anime, but something about that really stuck. No, out. they shook it up. I totally agree. They kind of yeah. went next level with that kind of stuff. I, yeah. Like I, this show was, you were always talking about kind of slice of life animes and would you yep. th- consider this one? I would say it was like a 40, 60 blend, like 60 being action sci-fi and the rest was like slice of life. Yeah. There was just something about licorice recoil, that I had not seen before. And, mm. you know, you can look at my top five when when this podcast is through, and it's like, I very clearly have a lane. Um, but at the same time, I'm so, so happy I watched it. it it's definitely mm. in my top ten. Yeah. Um, it It's so different. It's so out of left field. And, yeah, cheery. Like, to your point about Chisato, there's something just very positive about the way that character is on screen. Mm. So, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, but yeah, so I think you know at the end of the day, like the show, it easily could have slipped out of, you know, the top five, and you know it's it's definitely the hue, it's in the top ten, but I think for you, you and I personally, you know, just where we were with this show that we're doing, you know, like you know we we put in a lot of work into this every week, mm-hmm. and it kind of really bounces back, honestly. Like we were kind of like, oh shit, like we don't have much to cover right now because we're not, you know, we're coming out of something we're not loving. There wasn't anything immediate on the horizon, I believe. Yeah. And Liquorice Recoil was like, nah, I got you guys. And like, kudos to them. Um, again, great cast. And, uh, you know, it's silly in the fun ways. And it never, it didn't offend anyone, you know? Like, it's just, it was just like a good, well-made show. And sometimes, sometimes you can't ask for more. So, yeah. No, you make a really good point about the timing. Um, I, I hadn't really considered that. But yeah, like, we weren't really vibing with some shows that we were covering at that time. Mm-hmm. And... I think, was it you who found it because you checked out like five or ten pilots yeah. in a weekend or something? Yeah, Leanne and I did, sat down. I think it was the summer season. Yeah, it would have been the summer season. And uh, we, yeah, the baby was fresh. I remember yeah. we did the episode in the hall, and, like sleping. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it was, I think it was one of the only ones that really stuck for us. But uh, Yeah, it was... it's some of the best animes we've ever watched are like, hey, Grant, I saw this trailer on YouTube or... <laughs> yeah. um, Hey Dave, I watched eight episodes, eight pilots, and seven of them sucked. But there's this one, and it's like, all right. But yeah, a lot of the time, like Chainsaw Man is the obvious exception there because, like, sure, the promo and the hype was so huge. I felt like it was a year and a half of like pumping everyone up. Yeah, but like, there's th- these shows that kind of sneak in. Like, I think Sunny Boy was one of those. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, we had no idea it was even. Never heard of it. No recommendations. Just saw a random trailer on YouTube. Yeah. And, yeah. Well put. Right on. What's, uh, what's your number four, Dave? I really toiled over this one. This one's tricky because, well, I'll just tell you and then we'll get into it. Demon Slayer Season 2. Oh, okay. Um, so I know it's random. I think I think there was something about the hype on this one that I really, really bought into. And I I think... Um, Fuck, did this go into 2022? Did I completely miss that? Yeah. Isn't that wow. weird? Oh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But we saw the movie, and this is also like uh, Sam has been watching some anime with me, but it's like she's very picky on what she'll watch, 
and like to be fair you know i'm not gonna a lot of the stuff that i do watch probably isn't really upper alley but for some reason demon slayer kind of worked and mm-hmm. it was the first show we ever actually watched live together where i didn't know what happened oh you know what fun. i mean so that yeah. was like a big and you and i were covering it we were doing the podcast mm-hmm. um so you know we were coming off that movie which was so good uh the mm-hmm. mugen train movie which was fantastic and then it connected perfectly into season two and There are just so many moments in season two that were so hype. Um, It's hard to compare the storyline between something like Demon Slayer season two and let's say Cyberpunk Edgerunners because it feels like Cyberpunk Edgerunners has like a a very, very clear, finite message. Mm. Um, And it's trying to do something very, very different than something like Demon Slayer. But I think also the truth of it was like I just couldn't not watch that show. You know what I mean? Like when 100%. it was, the the animation was so strong. <sighs> Highlight probably, <laughs> probably the best of the year. Um, we're not doing awards or anything, but I'm having a hard time picturing something that beats it. Like Guitaro uh, Tengen fight. It yeah, was the Guitaro Tengen fight was absurd. Probably one of the like the most memorable anime scenes of my life. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, the hype that that build, all you know, the twists, the turns. Um, and just, like, being part of, like, the, lar- quote, larger Demon Slayer universe, like, because, like, they're weaving in movies randomly that are canonical. Sure. I think I was also active on Reddit at that time, like, for the show, and mm. watching people lose their shit, and people being like, oh, just wait, even more is co-. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so I think purely for the hype, I couldn't let Demon Slayer get, like, out of my top five, because I remember losing my shit too many times on the couch and like it really connected me to like my inner child shonen you know what i mean it was yeah i don't want to say it's like dragon ball z because it's not but there's something about the stakes in it where like you know if you zoom out you can probably be like oh you know maybe these characters were never in danger whatever you want to say you know i often people do people attempt to poke holes in like the big ones like that and like i get it but it's like come on (laughs) Like, just enjoy, kind of enjoy what you're in the moment. Yeah. Especially stuff like that. I, f- I feel like you have to take a lot of it at face value. But Demon Slayer has the nice side of there is more to look forward to this moment. You know, like, sometimes, yes, the plot armor is, like, kind of, you know, very pre- sure. prevalent in some stuff. But at the end of the day, you can kind of be like, well, regardless of the plot armor, what is happening is still pretty dire and is affecting them more than death. You know, like, yeah. it's, yeah. It's so not... It's, yeah, like, it's not the heady art piece that, like, would normally go on my list, I guess. Sure. But, like, I don't know. I felt like a kid watching it. And Absolutely. there's obviously something to be said for the absurd production value. You know, we mentioned animation quality and all that already. But, like, the voice actors that play the big three, yeah. um, their chemistry, uh, the music, all that stuff is, is really fantastic. It's hard to beat. Um, what, like, the final product that they're putting on screen is very, very hard to beat. So I kind of felt like I had to put it in my top five. Fuck, I feel like an absolute dummy that I didn't even clue in that that ran. Random, man. In, uh, in, in 2022. But anyway. Dude, you know, there's it's... more shows we're going to talk about later. Like, <laughs> 2022 was either, felt like 10 minutes in some regards, because it, like, I still feel like 2017 was like two summers ago. Sure. Um, But then, yeah, you look at all the anime we watched, and you're like, holy shit, that all really only happened in one year? Yeah. Um, well, thankfully, yeah. I'm keeping a lot of the stuff that was like new and kind of, you know, started fresh in this year, but that, that definitely would have been in the top 10. Like that was, that was, that was an amazing, like, you know, I I think you and I had missed the boat on season one. 
correct. Like we had we came did. in, we came in, we watched it after the fact. Me first on my phone. I'm sure I'll never live that one down. Oh my god, that is still the most absurd thing I've heard in my life. <laughs> and, you know, but like we were there for Mugen Train, and we had jumped in at that point. And I think you know the season two is always going to be a little special to us because that's when you're able to jump in. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, Jujutsu Kaisen is probably going to be the same thing. We missed the boat by like a month. Yep. You know, and uh, we jumped in, and like, wow, fucking, everything. It's so funny with Jujutsu about, Kaisen, yeah. too, because I remember being like, Grant, I think we might be missing something. And we were both like, yeah, I know, but like, we're, we're watching My Hero Academia season five or whatever it was. Yeah, fuck. That was a bit, we took a bit of an L there, but what are you going to do? We'll be, we'll be covering season two, don't worry. I think it's yeah. July 2023, this year? I, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, summer. Yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll cover it. We'll make up for that one. Um, Good pick, though, Dave. Thank you, sir. Uh, I think we're to, we're up to your number three, right? Yeah. So my number three, it's interesting because it is my number three, and there's there is quite a bit of the show like that just didn't work for me. Um, my number three is Call of the Night. Wow. Yeah. So Dave, no show this year has come close to just crushing atmosphere. Um, the world that this show takes place in it, you know it's prominently at night you know no mm-hmm. uh, no heavy thinking there mm-hmm. obviously it's a show about vampires mm-hmm. you know the usage of color and lighting and kind of just like how that can change within a single night and how a different area will you know have a different light and you know the kind of you know like similar stuff you see in anime where like characters emotions kind of match the color usage around them but Dave, every week I would come back. This is like one of my late night shows. I'd watch this like probably way too late into the evening, you know, and it just, I would come back every week just kind of blown away about how beautiful this show is without having to rely on moments of Sakuga and budget. You know, when I budget, you mean like stuff like blown out, you know, of yeah, course yeah. there's like, there was a couple action scenes and they dialed it up a couple in a couple instances, but at the end of the day, it was a very passive show. Right. And it just kind of, it kind of just like, kind of, you know, it, in, it blows back in the face of anime of like, I'm just going to be reserved. You know, I'm just going to kind of walk around. I'm just going to have conversations. And it felt weirdly real and natural for a show about like, you know, however many years old vampire kind of clearly falling in love with a teenager who's trying to like escape his life and he's trying sure. to. A bit of a delinquent, a delinquent in the regards that he's trying, he's rejecting society, and you know he's trying to become a vampire. But you know, like this, we had talked about it on the post show a couple times. You know, the narrative it's a little off putting. Like when you get down to brass tacks, it's kind of the part of the you know the anime genre that I don't love. You know the it's, <laughs> the weird fan like service. Fate. Well, fan fan service is one thing, but like when they're trying to tell a story about like clearly like a person that's like. A, a younger person who's falling in love with an older person who doesn't really have all the details of life and they're they think they know more than they do kind of thing and the, right. the older character kind of lets it go under the rug and tries to guide them you know it's um what's the word bit of a trope a bit of a trope it's common you don't see it a whole lot but like again i also don't love vampire stories as a whole i think they can be a little they kind of fall into their groove a bit um, what was that other vampire one we covered vampire in the garden yeah yeah which yeah <laughs> that was different but and and similar same thing you know like it's it's just weird how people are drawn to I guess that's the lore of a vampire but but anyway so that aside I, I just you know I, I couldn't look away from the show it was just so beautiful and by far the best voice acting this year no like hands really? down really what, wow. what they were saying sometimes we're I wasn't always out here with some takes no I know I wasn't like always into what they were saying but 
the just the character animation to the words being spoken was so in sync mm-hmm. and so natural because you you know obviously you learn these characters you learn how they act and how they would speak and you know like when like th- there was a couple moments where you know like uh nazuna who's like the vampire character you know she's like kind of she kind of brushes everything off her shoulders. She tries not to take things too seriously. You know, she doesn't like getting too attached to people, you know, which, you know, they get into all that. And she's kind of like goofy and silly and she teases a lot. And there was moments where she was kind of put back on her heels and she had to get serious Mm -hmm. or someone would say something to her. It would completely, you know, kind of change her perspective on something. And just to hear her voice change, you know, like obviously there's editing. You go from, I I was just, I rewound, I rewound it a few times. It was blown at like the way her voice changed. Of like, and that was like a real moment, and I think that's the power of a slice of life show, where you know they can really focus. There's not all this other visual noise going on, where they can really just focus on these little minute things that you know people actually do and and, and whatnot. So it's you know like it just it nailed atmosphere and vibe, which you know I hate saying <laughs> like yeah, you know, something, something is a vibe, but like this is when the I point think stands like, sometimes, right? The point stands, and th- that is this show. Um, probably my favorite o- OP, like opening and ending of any show this year. It was just, it perfectly fit. Um, very funny, very silly, you know, kind of match the nighttime vibe. And, uh, I, there's just something about having a conversation, you know, like they really nailed the, how, how weird like a nighttime conversation can be with a friend or a partner, like really sure. late into the night, like three, four in the morning, people are tired. Yeah. You know, like just your guard kind of comes down. Your your guard almost disappears. You know, mm-hmm. like you're really letting out like who you can be sometimes. And I think, like nothing I've ever seen, they kind of nailed that kind of sleepy. And like they, you know, for a show that kind of you know, with the age thing and all that, like it doesn't get creepy or depraved sure. really at all. Like it, it kind of you know, lots of fan service and whatnot, but like it, nothing so extreme. You know, that it kind of like ah, this is too much. But it, yeah, yeah it never it, turned you off. No, I never turned... Like I said, the narrative and, like, what was going on and the whole, like, story of, like, you know, he's trying to be a vampire, like, it, it never worked at me at any point. But, like, not so much the conversations they were ha- Outside, like, the romance part of it, the conversations they were having were, fuck, that's, like, real, you know? Like, yeah. I've had a conversation like that with someone. And sometimes it's nice to kind of, like, look back on not your life and see, like, you know, it, it, it's just a reminder of, like, how life can be sometimes and... uh but yeah, so Call of the Night is my uh, my. That completely three. took me off guard. That's crazy. Yeah, I and I like it. I love it. It was just if, uh, it was just one of those things. Okay, well, answer it. answer me this, and maybe for the audience too. If I haven't seen Bocce the Rock or Oof. Call of the Night, and I had to mm. prioritize a pilot, knowing I only watch pilots semi occasionally, um, what would you prioritize? Fuck. See, this is what we do here. These are the hard hitting questions. This is this is actually a hard one because like tone can be could not be different between the two shows. Yeah. Um, I think the safest route is Bocce the Rock, but I think if you're just gonna watch a pilot and not the whole show, Call the Night in the first episode alone really hits all the beats that it continues to excel in for the whole season. Interesting. Yeah. So, if, like I said, if you're just if you want to peek in to see like kind of what I'm talking about and what they nail and and what they continue to nail, I think Call of the Night would be the one. To check is it out. fair to say that Call of the Night's pilot is like more representative of what you're getting yourself into? I think so. I think Bocce the Rock is a true um, kind of like a coming of age story. So, sure. oh, the, right. 
So I think, you know, like the beginning is always like the start. And like you, you only get so much, it's, right? It's more of a climb, whereas, you know, Call of the Night has some more stakes to it. So there's mm-hmm. a bit of a rise and fall. And, you know, in, I think the graphs are different. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think if you're just going to watch a pilot to see a show and just to see what it's about and like not really invest in it. Call of the Night for sure. But Bocce the Rock, I think, is more of a, you need to invest your time into it to really get the full scope. Okay. Well put. But I think Great if you, answer. I think if you, but again, if you do, if you stick with Call of the Night, I think by the end of it, it can win people, some, some people over. It did for me. Interesting. Okay. And Maybe, I'm judging, so. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. we both are, right? Um, okay. That was your number three, right? That was my number three. Wow. So far, you're throwing me for a loop. Okay. <laughs> um... My number three, this is where things get hard, right? Like, the yeah. order. But I'm just going to come out and say it. And this, like, was, you know, this is, like, a big one for me. Uh, Attack on Titan Season 4 Part mm. 2 is my number three. Mm-hmm. I think, um, because it happened, like, there's a couple things going on here with this pick. One, it aired pr- really early, right? Wasn't it January of 2022? I, I think it was the, like, uh, yeah, end of January, first week of February, around that time, yeah. Yeah, okay, so, like, v- very, very early. Um, and so much time has passed, and we've seen so many other shows that it's hard to, like... <laughs> silly. You know, so put silly. Attack on Titan, like, next to that, and be like, okay, but it was it as good as this? But here's the thing. So, Attack on Titan had one big thing weighing on it. Um, for me, basically, the entire duration of this season... And I think you had this problem too, and I know that other people in the fan base had it as well. And that was, is this actually the end? Yeah. Is there going to be enough time? How many episodes is it? Um, are they going to like pull the rug out from under us and get us into a movie? Like, just what's <laughs> yeah? What's the plan? I will say, like, in my heart of hearts, I feel like this has been mishandled. Like, ha- calling it season four with three different parts mm. is really weird like i don't like even from a marketing and a comms perspective like i get like leave people wanting more but like season four part three is ridiculous or like calling it the final part is ridiculous i i think i remember when i remember the transition when it was being called season four officially and then there was a like almost like an overnight of like oh obviously but like it became the final season (sighs) and i remember being like oh that's that's interesting like, you don't see that a lot. Yeah. Of, like, just kind of... You know, Mob Psycho just had its final season. They didn't call it the final season. It wasn't marketed as such. I remember with the transition from season four to final season. Like, oh, that is weird. Yeah. They, they're putting so much focus on that. So, but. that took an L. And I think it, like, left a bad taste in my mouth. Because, like, I just wanted... You know, I think we kind of covered it with the expectation. And to be fair, a lot of people watched it with the expectation of, okay, we're going to get over. a conclusion. Yeah. Like we get like, do they stick the landing, right? Like that question a year later remains because we're no closer to knowing now than we were before. We're starting all over. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's all the negativity, and that's what like I kind of forgot about AOT this year in the midst of everything else because like you know, Demon Slayer followed it up, and then like the Psycho season has been insane for quality. But um, I have some notes here on like some recap, like what actually happened in season four part two, because mm. it's easy to forget, right? Like shows can blend together. And, dude, an insane amount of shit happened in Season 4 Part 2. Like, we ate really, really well. I'm going to actually mention a few things. I I got goosebumps. We started talking again. Yeah, so... (laughs) I already know, yeah. um, Here's a a quick recap. Huge spoiler warning. I'm going to spoil pretty much most of the major plot points for Season 4 Part 2 of Attack on Titan. Mm -hmm. But 
Aaron and Zeke make contact, right? They go to where is that? What is that place called? Um, oh, the the uh, coordinate. The coordinate. We meet the founder uh, Ymir, mm. who's a mute, she, and we find her. We find out not only her backstory, but the source of the Titans' power, the history, where they came from. That history flashback was some of the heaviest shit. The original <laughs> king Fritz, yeah. um, like all of that stuff, or no, uh, the king and his tribe called Eldia. You know, yep. they're origins so to speak the Aaron quote master plan reveal that is triggered by time travel <laughs> mm. of all things and not only is it time travel it's actually like perfect time travel like yeah. it actually narratively it's incredibly coherent it makes all the sense in the world mm-hmm. the rumbling happens um annie comes back um, there's some great scenes between the eldians and the marlians as they team up gabby overcomes her brainwashing Huge the campfire payoff. scene. That campfire scene is all time. The amazing campfire scene of all these people sitting together and, and kind of hashing it out. And then some huge character deaths. Yes. Magath, Keith Shadis, uh mm. Pixis, Nigel, Colt, Porco Galliard, like tons of people. Like, I don't know. This was a huge season. I think for me personally, I was a little frustrated and I at times let my frustration with the schedule like overshadow all the sure. stuff that was happening. Like I mean I think I felt that way when I was making this top five list. I was like, oh, but we didn't really learn anything in part two. But then it's like, no, okay, we, we learned a ton. We had some massive, massive, massive payoffs. I think I remain frustrated that, like, we're going to get, like, probably a pretty short final part. It's going to be mostly conflict-driven because I feel like most of the lore has been explored, but that's fine. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah, that is kind of a bummer that we kind of, it kind of feel like we got a half measure of the f- finale you know, like i know yeah. i know that sounds obvious but like we we did i feel like it's like you just said i think we got everything they're gonna give us lore wise and now it's just gonna be you know big, more big full-on scenes. action big yeah. fight scenes and hopefully one or two like kind of reserved moments which i have a hunch they're not gonna do um i think that's the tone they're gonna go for it's just like yeah like talking is over um, yeah i'm really i'm really interested you know because like we're gonna talk about more in the shows to to come but and and we've talked about on on our regular podcast the psycho season shows the post shows like i think it's endings are very important to me and i think to you too mm-hmm. like i have a really hard time re-watching something or recommending it if i'm not happy with the ending and you sure. call that like overly critical a lot of people say it's more about the journey rather than the destination but i think like the destination is what gives the journey meaning you know what i mean 100 percent. um and if you fall flat and on your last two steps then i don't like it's not like the rest of it doesn't count but i it really is going to mar your experience with that show and i was just yearning for a conclusion i just want to know <laughs> you know what i mean mm. we've been so into this show for so long i love it so much that i just want to know if they stick the ending and we didn't get to find that out and that's why i was so pissed <laughs> yeah. but despite all that like listen to what i just read off like so much amazing shit happened it remains one of the pound for best pound for pound best shows out there i think as far as anime goes um yeah and i agree and you know there i think the reason i kept it off you know i did the same thing last year and i you know i repeated that again this year is the show is so it's it's a fucking like a 600 pound gorilla you know yeah. like there's it's so big and nothing to you know nothing to you having it on your list but it, it kind of eclipses and demon slayer would is in a similar situation mind you i did forget about it, but it would have been in a similar boat and totally. i personally I, I threw in mob psycho in with with those two this year is like they're so gigantic and they're so 
they're so close to me. It's hard to put a show like that on a top five for me because when there is so much, again, the show the year was so packed. There's so mm-hmm. much amazing stuff. But uh, again, the the journey we had with Attack on Titan, I think about Mikasa just like unloading, like exploding former soldier mates, like on that roof. Oh my god! You know, yeah. like they're in the rain, you know, the raining decapitations. Of like the first, they did their first decapitation in the show's yeah. history. Like Connie, you know, Connie having to fucking put that guy down, oh like on, like by the boat, like Connie screaming is one of the most harrowing things the show has ever done. And they've done some pretty fucked up shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, Attack on Titan, it's, it's my favorite. Like it's all time, you know, it's my, one of my, Leanna's like shared like passions. We fucking love this show. And, uh, you know, it started the show. Like, it's such an important show to this show because like, it kind of kicked everything off, you know, and, uh. It's again. I'm a little sour about how they kind of played it out too. But at the end of the day, it could have been sensory overload, and I doubt if they were being cute, they would try and say that. But I think when it's all said and done, regardless of how they stick the landing, the three part thing, it continued more conversation and you know, discussion about what happened. But if you really think so much happened within part one and part two, and I'm sure mm-hmm. it's going to be the same for part three, if that had all been smashed together, the attempt to make that one thing. We would have had some losses. It probably wouldn't... The weight of it might not have hit as hard, yeah. too. You know, like, there's... Yeah. You know, benefit of the doubt, or, you know, the... You know, the freaking... Whatever you call it, Occam's Razor there. Both sides of the blade, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? But uh, I don't think that's the wrong way. Anyway, everyone knows what I'm talking about. But, uh, but yeah, fucking Attack on Titan, all time. Like, truly. Truly yeah. all time. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm liking how our, la- how our lists are shaping up, because I think we've clearly gone in different directions, and this is... Mm. I think it's paying off for the audience because they're just going to get more recommendations uh, than anything. Um, what's your number two? Dave, my number two, I think is secretly my number one of the year, but I think uh, I think something else like just, you know, kind of eclipsed it in, in, in other ways. But yeah, my, my number two is My Dress Up Darling. You're a, I don't even know who you are sometimes. I Dave, I there was nights up at like 1, 2 in the morning watching the show. It's like, I don't know why I love this, but I do... <sighs> Um, I'm a sucker for a love story, uh-huh. um, and the, the, in my opinion, the medium of anime, as much as it wants you to think it does a really good job with you know romantic relationships, mm-hmm. I don't think it does a mm-hmm. lot of the time. I, I, I completely agree with you. And Romance you know, I is think, just not something, that's not an itch that we get scratched very often. No, not all, and like there's different ways, you know, to skin that cat, and I think yeah. anime does, at least, whether it's it lands all the time, anime does a very good job at showing the different types of romance and kind of, you know, the different, you know, the angles of it and whatnot, but My Dress of Darling, it honestly just, it just shook me, you know, it took me for a ride of like, this is what anime can be, if you like it, you like it, if you don't, you don't, and like, I genuinely believe it's a good show, like, across the board, and the animation is like jaw-dropping again mm. of any show like you know call of the night use color as well but my dress of darling was it's a more real world like it's there's no you know there's no uh fancy elements to it at the end of the day it's just two people who both have you know huge passions in two separate hobbies and they're coming together you know see when you think about it like oh it makes sense that you know he's into making these hina dolls like it's like a you know like a legacy japan uh you know like they make like the miniature geisha dolls like it's a huge like it's a like a master like a master craft kind of thing, yeah. you know, like you gotta work at it, you know, an or very respectable tradition, you know, Japanese culture, and, and she's like a cosplayer. And, you know, the he knows how to make these little outfits, and they, they, they come together, and, you know, he's making her outfits. It essentially becomes transactional. 
you know, he's kind of an outcast. He doesn't have too many friends because he's so focused on, like, becoming, like, his grandfather. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's a social butterfly. and da, da, da. Like, it's very, at first, it's very kind of, like, running the motions. And then, you know, they get to know each other. And it's it just felt like a true, like, oh, it, it's, it's, okay, here's the thing that I like about it. They both like each other. And I think it's not going to be, like, a full season of, like, oh, I can't let her know that I like her and it's not in the vice versa. Like they are clearly falling in love and it's going to get to a point where like it, ha- and it does, it happens naturally. It's not like, Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Like this happened. Like let's ignore each other. And they don't get into those, those plot points kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it's like, again, great vocal performances. If it, it probably weren't again, similar, one of the closest things to like what it's actually like being a teenager, the way they talk, you know, the kind of like what their goals are in life. Sometimes they're overly lofty. They haven't fully seen the world, but you know, they're also entering the job market as, you know, young, young people too, like, you know, part-time jobs and stuff like that. And then the thing, again, a world that's anime adjacent, but I have no personal uh, knowledge of is the cosplay stuff. Like they break down, you know, he's, he's such a, a student of, the arts, you know, he learns of like, oh, this is how they do all this stuff. And, you know, he learns to make these costumes like by reading magazines and online and like using like short, not shortcuts, but like, you know, using everyday stuff to make a costume pop and, and all that. It's just, it was one of those shows. It was educational, like in like the way he would present information, it would feel like Dr. Stone without the comedy and the cartoon. Sure. It was very like, you know, and it's layman's and I'm sure there's a like, way more to it, but like in a 23 minute episode, like they do a pretty fucking stellar job at like getting some points across. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, you know, I think a crux of the show is it's flat out, very heavy etchy moments, you know, like the whole point, she's a cosplayer, you know, there's, you know, and they're falling in love. So there's like, you happen senses like that. And I know that doesn't work for some people, but at the end of the day, it just, it felt real. It didn't feel, like, otherworldly. Like, it didn't become, like, su- like super ridiculous, like, mm-hmm. what you see in some other shows. Um, I don't know. It just, every week, I was like, I look forward to Dress Up Darling. Every week. Like, I'm looking forward to the show, and I would, I would, I had to watch it that night, you know? It was just, it I don't was even, just, I don't even recognize you anymore. I know. I know. But that's, that's, that's who I am now. This is my lane slice of life, but. And this uh, is the one I'm I'm super excited for a second season and in where, where their store. store nah, I mean, goes, so. all jokes aside, I think that's the best part about the podcast and us doing this is like we have just discovered so much stuff and so much amazing art that we otherwise would not have. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I wouldn't have been exposed to a lot of this stuff. Like I never would have found something like, uh, you know, my honorable mentions, which I'm going, you know, are really really big and a lot of uh, the favorite my favorite things that I watched this year did not air this year. Mm. Right. So we're going to talk to speak to that in a little bit, but yeah, like things like dress up darling or edge runners or licorice recoil. Um, I wouldn't have watched without this podcast. And mm. I definitely like, I never would have heard of dress up darling. That's hilarious. Yeah, so I can't believe it's your number two. That's crazy. Also it is. And like I said, it's like deep down, I think it's secretly my number one. Like just, I, I fucking love the show, Unbelievable. but it was it was done by Cloverworks, which they also did Bocce the Rock. They also oh. shared duties on Spy Family. Like Cloverworks was putting in some fucking work. <laughs> like no kidding. truly. Spy yeah. Family too. Like wouldn't have watched that. Would not yeah. you know what I mean? There's no way. Mm-hmm. And I have a reliably good time with it. Yeah. Um Okay. So Yeah, number two. What do you got? Number two, mine. <laughs> I feel so basic. because uh, we just mentioned this show too. Uh Mob Psycho season three. Yeah. I have a good reason why. It's a conclusion. And, mm-hmm. like, 
Mob Psycho is probably top five or ten or like it's it's in my all time list anyway. Yeah. Um, because seasons one and two were so great, I think that we were both. I mean, probably everybody who watched it who didn't read the manga was probably a little concerned about <laughs> like where are we going? What's the yeah. ending gonna be? The way they segmented it segmented it was a little. Uh, it was a little like uh, where are we going? <laughs> you know, yeah. How are they breaking this up? Yeah. And I think you know it's definitely not perfect there are a couple things i definitely think they could have changed and it would have like really knocked it up like a whole point or something dimple 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 yeah but <laughs> dimple's return yeah i don't want to yeah, the return spoil. of dimple was yeah. was a bummer real bummer but there's something about mob psycho season three that makes it feel um very much coming of age and like i don't think i realized how much time you the audience has spent with mob and i they do this thing where they weave this story and they feel you feel him growing up like yep. in front of you and i think you're meant to feel like the way reagan does mm-hmm. you know what i mean like oh, maybe he doesn't always need my help you know what i mean maybe he's not going to fall to pieces every time something bad go- happens you know what i mean and there was like i don't know like i don't really sign up for that kind of stuff i mean you know I guess my, my like all-time list would maybe disagree a little bit. It's all, you know, teenage boys having a rough go, but... <laughs> we were teenage boys, having a, teenage boys having a rough go. Like, it's easy for us to latch on to that kind of thing. Though. Yeah, and I don't know. I just think that Mob's maturity... Like, it, you know, the Attack on Titan stuff, let's say, is like, you know, I'm really in it for, like, the intense political intrigue and, mm-hmm. like, the, um, you know, the themes... That, like, the really deep, deep themes of, that are kind of geopolitical and, and all that stuff. And I love that heady, cerebral shit. But there's something just so pure about Mob Psycho. Um, obviously, it has great visuals. It's beautiful to look at. But, like, it's about a kid growing up, like, full stop. Right? Yeah. And he's starting to feel comfortable in his own skin in this season. And I thought that, you know maybe one or two tiny asterisks, the conclusion could have been a touch better, but, like, I'm being pretty nitpicky with that, you know what I mean? Like, there are some really fantastic episodes this season, and, yeah, um, more than anything, I felt like this journey with Mob feels complete. Like, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. you want to put a movie in theaters, you want to give it a spinoff, or come back for another season in ten years, fine, I'll probably watch it, I'll probably line up. But, like, if nothing happens, and this is it, I'm quite satisfied. I'm happy with how they did it. Science field delivered. Like it's the everything they showed up to do from season one. Yeah, is they gave the same effort and execution the whole way through, and you don't always get that. Yeah. <laughs> so for a story as you know as much as we both enjoy, it's it's reassuring. I think mostly um, to kind of get that ending. And you know, it's it's funny. Like the comparison to Attack on Titan is you know we are in it for the political intrigue and, and you know and, and whatnot, but at the end of the day, like a show that, you know, Brass Tacks, like you said, is a coming of age story, they can afford to have an ending of, yeah, everyone's in a room, we get one last shot of each character, everyone's smiling, they take the photo, and then, you know, and then it's over. Like, that's the type of show you do something like that. Or the, the yep. I think the overall scope, you're allowed to end the show like that. And people that bitch, like, really bitch and complain about it, which I don't think there is much really? of that. Um, yeah. I, think, I think that's fine. You know, like, it's just... I think the overall tone and message matches what they've been, truthfully speaking, the, the whole yeah, way through. Look at, so. Yeah, you have to remember, 
where these shows come from, right? Like, what are what are they about? Like, go back and watch the pilot. Go back and watch season one and look at how fragile Mob is. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He's this kid that kind of clams up. And yeah, he's like very capable in other ways. But like, what gives him the hardest time in life? It's basic social human interaction, trying to express his feelings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And look at just, yeah, look at fast forward to season three and look how far he came and how far the audience came with him. It's a, it's a hell of a journey. Yeah. So fucking all right, we've arrived at the moment. And then we are, we're going to do our top ones, and then we're going to do some bonus stuff, like um, some honorable mentions, the favorite thing I watched this year we haven't mentioned yet because it didn't air this year. Um, mm. Maybe some OPs, maybe some best moments from our top five. Um, sure. We can mention that those real quick after this, but uh, okay, what's your number one of the year? Uh, do we do on three? We name our number one because I have a hundred. <laughs> I don't know if it is because you have just shocked me at every turn. I, I no, know. this is. I think this is the okay. Everyone, it's three, two, one, and then go. go. Okay, ready. Three, two, one, then go. Then go. Yeah, take okay. a beat. Three, two. Okay, ready. Right. Three, three, two, one. one. Chainsaw, Chainsaw Man. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. So yeah, we'll, we'll get right into it. There. So Dave. Um, <sighs> You and I are absolute suckers for fucking world building and early lore and aesthetic and playing around with genre tropes Mm -hmm. and we love music and OP and ED. We like fun. We like animation. Say what you want about the hype of this show, but it literally delivered on every fucking facet that it set out to do. Like, yeah. You know, and like, you know, kudos to MAPPA. You know, I know everyone was a little nervous. We're not, you know, we didn't read the source material, mm-hmm. you know, you know, preemptively. But like, people were fucking vibrating over this show. Like, uh, the announcement, the trailers, every, all the lead up. And I think it stuck the landing. And I think that's why it's my number one show. I think Chainsaw Man was a ride and a half. I, I agree with you. You know, I think you tend to be a little half glass full and I'm a little half glass empty. And I remember... <laughs> I mean, sure. is that is that stating the obvious? I don't know. No, yeah. oh, maybe. It's, maybe it's just me. I'm just. It's another way I'm of saying. I'm like a fucking golden retriever, and you're like. Uh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I can be. <laughs> yeah. I can be. Maybe I'll just say it plainly. I know I can be a bit of a dick sometimes, and. Uh, oh, whatever. But you know, I remember watching the trailer, and I was like, "Well, this looks good," but mm. I'm clearly missing what the hype is about. Like, is it just another shonen? And you know, I think a lot of great shows get stuck in that. Like, is it just another shonen kind of question mark? Yeah. And I just remember watching the pilot and being like, okay, that was fun. Like, we have a long way to go. I'm still not quite sure what's so great about this. And, like, it kind of hits you in waves. Yeah. You know, this was, um, maybe the secret here is the pacing. I don't know. I think that, I think that's, uh, you know, if, if I think it's definitely one of the key ingredients in this sauce. But that's the thing is, it's a recipe, right? Yeah. This, this showed us some stuff we haven't seen before, or at least... It showed me some things I haven't seen before, like or you, some people haven't seen in a while. Is a good is another yeah. thing way of looking at it. Like you know, things come in waves. So you you made a really good point um, when we were talking about it early in the season about how the creator was kind of a fan of a lot of Jap- or, uh, Western influences, and once you watch that show through that lens a little bit, you can't unsee it. Now, like the very obvious yes. glaring thing is like the intro and the like mm-hmm. tons and tons of references it has to like Western film. Okay, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like everywhere else, like the language, the dialogue. Um, Shot, literally how like cinematic shots are done. You know, like the, yeah, re- yeah it's very, very Hollywood. Yeah, it you is. Know? 
it's bucking a lot of, you know what I mean? Like a lot of uh, trends or a lot of norms and it's kind of daring to be different. Um, and I know like that sounds kind of silly because it's like, a, it's quite almost literally the definition of a shonen, right? Like regular kid becomes not so regular, mm -hmm. craziness ensues. Like if you wrote down the plot of Chainsaw Man, it kind of reads like any other like, you know, we made the observation, I'm sure a million other people's made, is that it's very close to Jujutsu Kaisen mm. in its setup and at least in its early dynamics. Early execution is very similar. Yeah. But, yeah, like, you come out of that last episode, that finale, and, yeah, they're completely different shows yeah. with very little in common. It's funny, you know, like, the, you know, you and I obviously haven't had a chance to sit down and talk about the finale, but, you know, we're, we're recording that. That's still coming on a Wednesday, right? mm -hmm. or, or I guess you guys listen to this on a Friday, so. Yeah, yeah, know, we're time traveling right, right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, I forgot. You know, it's, um, it, it it's, I, from what I've read, you know, and the kind of spoiler for, you know, for last, or a couple days episode, mm -hmm. is, you know, all the people have kind of come out of the woodwork, you know, like the, you know, the, the preemptive people of like the announcement of like, oh, you guys are in for a treat. Like I've read all this, da, da, da. what people are talking about is like not the first season. Like I, from what I can tell, and you know, this, you tend to see this a lot with like my hero and you know, like a lot of these other big shows, like, you know, Shonen Jump shows, but everyone seems to be like, this was just an intro. Like I've seen people compare it to Vinland Saga in a lot of ways Interesting. where it's like, it's, it's a tee up. For and again, the tee up is good, like great, but what the juice is and like what the story is really trying to do and really fuck around with like storytelling and mm -hmm. tropes is like what comes immediately after and then doesn't let up. Like so, what we've seen is gen from what I can tell from some people is kind of just straight up like this is your appetizer of like to the main course and that excited me because I fucking loved what we got here. And if they got weirder with it, I'm down for that. I I love when shit gets weird. Like, Sunny Boy, week to week, you and I were just like, give me a hundred of these. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you know? I just, I, I love, I love the world. And to an earlier point you brought up earlier, you wa you do watch those trailers and you're like, where is the hype? Like, what is this really doing differently? Mm -hmm. And I will never forget that. In I think it's in, uh, might be the beginning of the second episode. When Denji sits down with Makima, and they're, he, she buys him, like, food out of a vending machine or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we know more now, considering what she has done throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Like, who she's kind of played, you know, revealed some of her hand. Not mm -hmm. even any of it, really. Still a lot of mystery, but we know who she is a little more, yeah. And I'll never forget that picnic table scene and be like, ah, this bitch is what's <laughs> different about this show. And, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of key characters, like... You know, you can only do so much in a trailer or tell people without spoiling it. And then I, the thing I love about the show is the second you got into it and you met these characters, you got a couple sentences out of their mouth. You're like, fuck yeah, you are what's different about this show. You, also you and you and you and you. Like there's so many, so many moments of them actually, it's weird. Like I think this is the year of like people just talking like normal fucking people. Like they're all like, you know, in this show they're all sociopaths and they're all mentally ill. Like clearly, <laughs> you know, but like. Yeah. There, there's like a weird level of realism to this, you know, fantastical like over the top show, and it's just again the presentation, what they did with the OPs, like you know, people are saying that everything has happened in like the twelve different ED or endings this season yeah. are all canonical to the story, and like, yeah. kind of like you know, and like what they've been playing around, like the music, like also no show's OP has completely nailed the personification of a show than Chainsaw Man's that kickback, the song kickback is perfect like it's one of my favorite OPs of the year 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it reminds me of you know it's. <laughs> Again, punching down. Tokyo Revengers, that OP, regardless of how you felt about the show, what happened in the show, it weirdly kind of nailed what it was, the kind of the tone. I you know, agree with kind that. Of, yeah. It's, it's uh, sometimes all you need is a super strong OP, and it'll do a lot of the heavy, heavy lifting for you. But Chainsaw right. Man did that on its own. So it, I think you struck a couple things there. Like, you mentioned people are, they're talking like people. Like, the dialogue is mm. really, really well done. And I... Yeah, I know, like, some people don't love it, but to your point about it being cinematic, like, they've interjected these scenes that did, weren't in the manga, like, the morning, mm. like, Aki's morning routine, Yeah, that makes the show more human that, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's some diehard manga fans that only, that only like, uh, they like it, you know, in, in its original form, but, sure. like, those quiet moments, I feel like they really, really, really serve the story. Or they really feel they really fuel the tone of the show because the tone of the show is so well balanced. It knows when to get funny and then mm-hmm. crazy, and then occasionally quite sad. Like it's uh, they're juggling a lot of things, and like so far they haven't really missed a beat. And it's it's very very impressive. It's hard to see. It's hard to give it number one to anything else because the amount of pressure that the show had on it coming in and to deliver. Mm. is very 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 commendable like you know we were just i was bitching about it aot like 10 minutes ago you know what i mean and uh yeah yeah, they these guys really stuck it and i'm you know again to your point about this only being the beginning i'm really really excited to keep watching and see where they go from here um the other cool thing is like mappa fully funded this themselves this was not like you know a producing committee outside which i've done you know i think throughout the year you and i have kind of like read into a little bit more about Mm -hmm. how like the kind of like the you know the sauce is made yeah uh with with these shows but yeah no it's uh mappa you know (laughs) the the memes are endless and i you know i love the uh like they're not funny (laughs) they're all the the photoshop black guys they put on some of the people there (laughs) for you know working on the show announcement but you know i think i think if i had to wrap the show up into the first season into like a couple words is it's fun but dumb but really it's fun without dumb it's fun without the dumb like you know it's weird how it strikes that balance and you know like the finale like the finale the season ends to creating a you know spoiler a requiem and the requiem is like kicking a man's testicles in you know like it's it, no show can do that and like walk away with like people taking it seriously still yeah. you know and it, it's and uh, I, I think that's remember thinking that scene as ludicrous as it as it was i was like this is sadly sweet yeah like you know what i mean it's sad yeah. and it's but like it works that's the mm. point right like you have to sometimes like drop your guard and let a show just do its thing and it is sometimes absurd Right? Like, I'm not buying into this. I'm not watching it. I can't take this seriously. It's too loud, too ridiculous, too whatever. But it's like, does it work? Do hmm. people like it? Does, like, you know what I mean? Do you dig it? And, I like, there's a lot of weird shit in the show. Now. I dug it every step of the way. Yeah. No misses. Genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, well, since we, we don't really have anything else in common in our top five other than Chainsaw Man, do you have hmm. a top moment from that show this season? From Chainsaw Man? Yeah. Oh, um... If you want to think about it, I can go first. 
Yeah, you go first. I'll, uh, I'll kind of... I think, I mean, it's obvious. Like, I think it's episode eight or nine, and I think this was the show... This was the episode that, like, turned a lot of heads and made people mm. feel like... Like, I saw the memes go around, like, welcome to Pain Saw Man. But, <laughs> but, but it was... Uh, spoiler warning, I don't know why you would be listening to this if you haven't seen Chainsaw Man, but spoiler warning for the first season, but Jimeno's death. Um, oh, yeah. The, cha- the, the change in tone... Uh, how they built tension, how they made it feel real. I, I don't know. I loved every, I loved that death scene. I loved that, like, they took it seriously. I loved that there were casualties, stakes mm. that mattered. To a character that, like, you know, had, was in less than half the season and completely gripped us. And, and they made us feel a bunch of things for that character. And, like, yeah. you know, between her and Denji's, like, storyline, the episode before that... And, like, you're getting over that and humanizing her and trying to figure out her perspective and then this happens. Like, it was not a twist for the sake of a twist. It was perfect. Like, it was, I really think that they they nailed that. That was a slam dunk. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it kind of um, a similar, you know, the, the her perspective episode, you know, because we have the one where, you know, the, they go from the bar, she, you know, she throws up in his mouth and then we kind of see, like, the one, potentially, like, male one-sided version of like them hooking up and then you know the immediate follow-up in the next episode is kind of like you know perspective is everything right and we literally see the apartment from a different angle and kind of her stumbling around and her coming in and kind of you know for you see what she had said that he was passed out for kind of thing and I, i just kind of you know, and I think that's more akin to, like, Western storytelling, which, you know, again, there's lots of moments of that in this show, but there's something about that moment, um, one of the quieter moments, also the one with Makima on the bench, I think, I think about constantly. Which uh, one? I think it, in episode two, opening up, when she's kind of, oh, like, essentially, yeah. you know, like, she's clearly luring him in and kind of setting a tone of, like, you know, she's, like, the, you know, the master, or kind of, like, the manipulator of all this, the master of puppets, it's funny. I think, you know, but it's, it just, it, I can never forget that moment, the whole season of like, what, what is, you know, what's your bag, man? You know? It's funny like, because I, I love their dynamic. Like it's so fucked up, but like some yeah. of the stuff she says to him is it's deranged. It's so deranged. And some of it is <laughs> so wise. Yeah. I, I, she's like the, um, I don't know what you would call it, but she's like the show's nuke. You know what I mean? Like they, sure. They use yeah. her kind of like Jujutsu Kaisen uses Gojo and like you don't like you want to know more i mean gojo's obviously like full of comedy but like you they, want yeah, to know they more playfully, they playfully use that nuke her they take it way seriously yeah i don't know i i really really dig it um but yeah that, that'd be oh you already oh, went yeah also the scene i guess for there's like a more loud moment like when she's popping heads from like the top of the mountain Ugh. that was like what dude like oh dude would... and then you follow it up the next yeah. episode is like her like with a bag of eyeballs like blackmailing the yakuza yeah <laughs> yeah just poetry in motion i love yeah. it yeah great um show. okay should we do honorable mentions or yeah i got a couple yeah. from 2022 yeah okay i've yet to reveal my favorite from the whole year i just want to let that be known let's do honorable first and then i'll mention my favorite thing in this year uh, the favorite, my favorite thing I watched all year, but it wasn't, didn't air in 2022. Such a pain gotcha. in the ass. Um, okay, I'll go first. Well, Licorice Recoil, we covered that. Mm-hmm. 86. Was that this year? Part two was at the beginning of 2022. Oh, we had those last three episodes. Yeah. And Fuck. I kind of like. Oh my god. <laughs> Damn, oh. dude. Yeah, yeah. That, that, just... sh- that shit was wild. I love that. It sounds like it stings. Did I get you with that one? Fuck, man. I gotta. 
my list, my note taking has got to get better. That, you know what that I did? Was, wow. You know yeah, what I did? And I recommend that our listeners do the same thing. I went and I followed us on Instagram at Part Time Otaku Podcast, <laughs> and I just went through our catalog and I was like, "What did we? What did we uh, cover this year?" Because we have all these great posts uh, from Vivian of like Shut showing Vivian. showing what we cover every week. And I was like, "What on earth have we covered?" It and that was the fastest way to find out. And eighty six, particular. It's funny because particularly the last three episodes are probably the show's best. And I remember far, being half yeah. in, half out, and then those last three episodes, I was like, oh, shit. This is pretty Yeah, because you got me into the show, and, and then yeah. you bounced out, yeah. and I was like, no, Dave, no, you gotta come back. Like, you're missing the juice. Yeah, those last three episodes were wild. Yeah. Fuck. That's really, uh, or honorable, I guess, also would be, you're gonna laugh at this one. Um, dude, I think it's because my Saturday morning cartoon time cartoon in quotes is yeah. sort of over with licorice recoil like my hero aims on saturdays and i watch that but we know what i watch immediately after it every single time spy family blue lock oh duh yeah yeah and i don't i think it airs on saturdays i don't know but i think so yeah but i'm having a blast with it like it's uh you know we'll talk more about it um on the psycho season episode which theoretically listeners have already heard um but yeah like blue lock is just fun to watch um yeah. so i'm digging it but that's mostly oh, yeah. it for my uh, honorables. Sweet. Okay. Well, I got I got like a couple little sections here. It's I'll I'll rip through them quick. So mm-hmm. I have three shows. Like two out of three of them, I have them marked as like could have been in my top five. Like if Bocce, you know, um, like Licorice Recoil, I think easily if it wasn't such like you know like I had hit like the perfect timing and all that. Like for, yeah. for us personally, that could have been like swapped out. But Kaguya-sama, Love Is War. Um, Oh, this yeah, is a show, that, yeah. the third season aired this year, and I was looking forward to it, and I'd always wanted to watch the show, so Leanne and I watched the first two seasons, and then we kind of watched uh, season three week to week, and I, I didn't think it was fair to put it on my top five, because it, it definitely would have taken Licorice Recoil's spot, right. um, because it's one of the, f- anime or not, it's one of the funniest shows I've ever watched. The gags they pull, and the setups, and the timing... You know, and like, I know it's like, you know, I think with subtitles, timing can be very hard, you know, a different language and all this and that. The visual storytelling in Kagusama is just like top tier. Like it's, it's truly one of the best comedies ever. Right. Um, and then, you know, a great love story and, and, and it's the opposite. Like, you know, the, I do think it's funny because they're so pig headed. It's like intentionally, like they won't yeah, admit yeah. they love each other. That's like the whole thing. Right. But no, we love that. You know, I'm sure the movie comes out uh, in Canada shortly. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. It's because an immediate follow-up to season three. Um, so there's that. So my number two could have been in my top five was Comey Can't Communicate. Um, you've met, I remember you mentioned that a few times on Psycho Season. Or uh, maybe just post-show, but yeah. So the first season, like, I liked, you know, it was good. It was funny. You know, it, it was what it was. And then, but the second season upped the stakes. Like, so, like it was just so much better. It's crazy. I don't know if it was... The source material, like whether if it was like that, it's not like the first season was bad, but just everything that took place in the second season, again, another, you know, love story, you know, a very similar to Dress Up Darling with like much, you know, not an etchy side of it. Um, just the lead up is very funny and very innocent characters, but like they really stress like how ludicrous a teenager's mind can be in their imagination, like picturing a scenario being like dire and being way worse than it is, but just like a silly moment. Um, so I recommend that season two is fantastic. The Christmas episode especially was really fun. 
love a good Christmas episode. Oh, fuck. Episode. We, there was that Sam had a question a couple weeks ago about Christmas episodes. Fuck. Oh. The Comey Can't Communicate Christmas special was awesome. Taking really note. Um, Spy Family would be my other one. So you okay. and I have been up and down on that. Um, but at the end of the day, Spy Family was good. You know, there, it didn't always work in moments and it kind of felt like sure. dragged and it was, it was stretched out a lot. Um, but it was fucking awesome. No, um, it's good. At the end of the day, Spy Family is a good show. Yeah, tight. You know, it was it, it knew exactly. You know, the comedy, Anya is good shit. Yeah, it's it's all, uh, and uh, I got I got first four volumes of the manga for Christmas, so I've been reading oh. those. Quite fun, quite fun Merry read. Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to me. You're welcome um, for those. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I have a couple little extra mentions that I'll just breeze through these. Mm-hmm. Um, Spriggan is a show, It's it was on Netflix, so I think it's, they oh, produced I've it seen, or whatever. Oh, I've seen it, or the poster, and maybe the actual show, I can't remember. <clears throat> so... Not, like, breaking any ground by any mm-hmm. means, but it has a really cool concept of a society trying to keep, you know, historical, like, relics that you've heard from, like, you know, other folklore and tales and stuff like that. They're trying to keep them out of hands, and there's this whole, like, literally the enemy each episode is, like, a different nation trying to, like, gr- like you know, the, the, the last, one of the, I think the one of the last episodes is they're throwing down MI5 and, you know, S- SAS and all that, and they're trying to get, like, this, you know ancient you know tablet or whatever and stuff like that so it kind of a fun show doesn't break any ground but each episode's 45 minutes it's like a mini movie oh, that's like cool. there's there's not much like there's no overarching story it's kind of just like one like the adventures yeah. of it reminds me of like uh mirror and sherlock <laughs> or like, kind oh. of like sherlock but like you know like the old tay cartoons there yeah, like yeah. you know there was there's just this is the adventure around this week or like the hardy boys that's what i'm thinking of uh, okay yes. you know like there's you know there's references from previous stuff and you know people they know but it's like essentially that week's story gotcha um uncle from another world is a huge bummer because the sh- the studio got absolutely ravaged by covid so like it should have been done like months and months ago but like they're still only on episode six yeah so they've slowly been putting episodes out but i've really liked the fun like reverse isekai like guy you know? I, I, I saw the trailer on netflix it does look good yeah, it, it, it is really funny. So it's just a bummer. Like, obviously, like, I'm not going to throw in the top ten there because, you know, it didn't get a lot out. Um, the Dr. Stone one-off episode to tee up season three is probably my favorite Dr. Stone episode by far. Um, yeah, it's like saying minutes. something because they've got some good ones. It's really good. They set up a... Re- like, I think the episode's called Ryusi, which is, like, the character's name. Okay. Um, and uh, really, really fun. You know, like... Just more Dr. Stone, but just kind of more hyper-focused. Like, there's a whole gag about them creating currency, which is, mm-hmm. like, hilarious. <laughs> um, Made in Abyss Season 2. Um, I did watch the full thing. Still weirds me the fuck out. I think it's everything that's kind of wrong in anime, or I think, like, people like people that, like, dig a lot of some of these elements are fucking weird. Wow, um, fighting words. Yeah, but to each their own. Like, I, the child, the kid stuff is just fucking creepy. Sure. And the sexual sexualization of, of the kid stuff, um, there's way less of it this season. Um, the fact that there are still a couple weird moments is still saying something. But mm. I do like the world building. Um, the story they told, it was very, it was almost like a bottle episode. Yeah. And they played around with time. So you went back and seen the original people who venture into the abyss and how fucked up their story was on top of the current time. Where, Anyways... People that like the show, I fully agree with you. I'm there, but it's just, you know, it didn't impact me as much as the first season, I think, and I probably won't watch the third season whenever they do it. Mm. Um, and then finally, Witch from Mercury, um, Mobile Suit Gundam. No kidding. 
good stuff, you know? Yeah. Just, I love some... God, you know, that's so many. Honorable. You're absurd. Well, uh, yeah, it's just... Those are just extra mentions. There, yeah, yeah, but, no. Uh, the, all worth watching, it sounds like. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, um, it, you know, just good run. It's been a long time since I've watched, like, a, you know, a, a Mobile Suit Gundam show front to back there, so... I'm uh, not done. There's a second core coming, obviously. So it's uh, it's gonna be a big season. But did uh, you feel happy with the way the first core ended? Um, yeah, I think so. Like it's, I don't think it's breaking any ground, and I think it's, I think it might be like an '86 situation where they had to sure. get some of the, had to get some of like the rust off to get the story rolling. But I think when it really starts cooking, it's gonna be fireworks. So, um, all right, well, well, well put, Grant. I I think I'll quickly, and I, this I think this is the last thing I've got. Um, is my favorite of the year, and, you know, this is probably not going to shock anyone who is listening to the Poe show, um, but I watched Neon Genesis Evangelion this year. It did not come out in 2022. <laughs> um, I'm a few decades late on that one, and we have still yet to do, we're going to wait till we have, like, you know, I think, like, a quick break in between anime seasons, but we will eventually do, like, a, uh, a Neon Genesis episode. Grant and I mm. were actually talking about, like, oh, maybe we should try the Rebuild series. Yeah. And then, like, we can do, you know, a dedicated episode for the whole franchise or, or something. But we will get to that. But in lieu of Winter that... is supposed to be pretty light, so I think yeah. we're going to have some time to sit down and really knock that one out. Yeah, because <laughs> Neon Genesis, um, it really is one of the few shows that kind of requires research before you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want us to come in like uninformed, which is like why we haven't like just tacked it onto a post show episode or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Like we want to do the thing justice and like give it an hour and of uh, just dedicated, like, here's where we're coming from. So all I'll really say for now is like, it, to me, it was, uh, absolutely worth the hype and the recommendation. I think Grant's, uh, told me to finally check it out and yeah, like it, you know, I don't want to be... I don't want to overstate things, but I have to be honest. Like, it probably changed my relationship with anime in, like, a significant way. I look at the art form differently now. I look at storytelling differently now. I measure a lot of things against it. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite of all time. I don't know. I, it has a lot of things that I really, really love. And it's just, it's just so different from everything mm -hmm. else out there. And it's so clear the effect it had on the industry like once you're aware of what happens in that show and some of the incredibly iconic moments like you see them everywhere yeah um and it's i'm like so glad Similar, yeah yeah, yeah it is Akira. and ghost in the shell neon genesis and akira are very the yeah. trifecta yeah and they all came out in a somewhat similar period neon genesis think a bit later but anyway it, it's fantastic it is worth the hype um i would say you know take it seriously if you haven't listened or if you haven't watched to it Watch it. Don't binge it in a day. You know what I mean? Don't like, it's not like a, you know, half watch it while you're walking out of the room. Like it's, you, ha it demands your attention. Um, but I'm really glad that I, that I did that this year. So that's my big one. Um, anything else, Grant? Uh, all I got is like, I got a ridiculous list of like OP and EDs there that I really enjoyed this year, but uh, any, any that really stuck out to really set the tone like you know just yeah. gear you up every time the episode fired up yeah um so kickback chainsaw man i have three if you could pick three um, i can do three yeah kickback chainsaw man mm. the rumbling <laughs> yeah dude yeah <laughs> and i gotta be i i hate to break the rules because i hate 
I hate breaking the rules in, in like categories or lists like this, but it's on the main soundtrack of Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Uh, it's I really want to stay at your house. Oh yeah, that they use it a few times in the series to great effect. You know, Grant, I, I think we've talked about this a lot on the show about like there's something about a needle drop what? when done right that yeah. makes film quote you know film, but it makes whatever you're watching feel kind of magical and out of body. Mm. Um, I really want to stay at your house on the cyberpunk soundtrack is fantastic. And they utilize it like deftly perfectly. It's, it's, it's very, very well done. So that's my top three. Right on. Uh, well, also obviously, you know, I, I liked, I liked all of those as well. Um, a show we didn't talk about and it did, you know, it's funny. I did remember this one. It did air in parts of 2022. The, the second core OP, uh, it's called naked hero for ranking of Kings. Uh, beautiful very oh, like such good music yeah, too yeah very good blend of music in that um you could literally pick any of the four the two ops or the two uh endings for spy family like all incredible like huge oh, bangers yeah. in our house yeah. like they're always on <laughs> and uh i think the op for uh it's called dayton for call of the night uh was uh, i really really, really like that one god and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to send some of those my way. I have a lot to watch now. It feels like because I'm just you, you have some really really strong recommendations, and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to venture out of my comfort zone and check out some of these. You know what, Dave? It, it's it was not something I sought out to do this year. It just it naturally happened. You know, it's just one of those things we're watching. That's good though. It started with Dress Up Darling. We we're watching Attack on Titan, and I was like, you know, I there's a lot of a lot of chatter on you know the various you know forums and subreddits mm-hmm. for dress up darling i was like i'll watch an episode and i was like ah, i'll see this next mm-hmm. week all right i'll see you next week you know just... go figure and then uh, and then i found all this other stuff so it's uh... all right yeah what a year what a year dude thank you uh Congrats, man another year yeah man I'm, I'm glad we did this yeah oh, God, we're on our second anniversary already thanks uh... for getting so serious um Okay, if you're still listening, thank you. And if you've been with us for a long time, thank you. And if you're just joining and this is the one you're joining for, that's weird, but we appreciate it. Um, I'm sure I've mentioned follow us on Instagram at Part-Time Otaku Podcast. You can subscribe to us on you know Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find podcasts. You can listen to us. Um, the scheduling is a little weird because we're shooting this or recording this kind of out of order, but um, theoretically... Psycho season episode 12 or 11 is already out. And then we're probably going to return to uh, the post show for like the winter season. There's a ton of stuff coming out that we're incredibly excited to cover in the winter season. Um, I think like there's Vinland Sangha, Near Automata. I am so excited for that anime. We were, <laughs> I know. We, we, I know. We, we've been talking about like the dangers of. Uh, video game to anime adaptations and here i am just like super excited about it but what are you gonna do if there's one other ip that would go hand in hand similar to cyberpunk it's near yeah and, uh, i i think this is it's a1 doing this one a1 pictures I, nice. I think we're in for a fucking tree dude yeah with that between that and yeah. uh vinland saga those are two big ones i also know you know tokyo revengers is coming back we'll probably check that out I'm in. I'm um, in for it, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, lots to come uh, in the winter season, but it'll be on the post show. It'll be where you find your podcasts. It won't really make much of a change to you. But thank you so much to listening to us in 2022. We are very, very excited to keep going in 2023. So I think that's about it. Grant, you can go ahead and say the thing. <laughs> Bye, guys. Cheers.